So I wonder how Christmas preparations are coming on. Hands up if you put your prepar- if your decorations are up. Okay. How many people have got the tree ready? Well, look, who who's done it all? Yeah, who's done all the shopping? No. You have. Yeah, oh, you're ready for it already. Uh, mince pies. Who's making their own mince pies this year? Yeah, done. Christmas puds done. Goodness me, what are you going to do for the next two weeks? Enjoy. So I just want to, I was listening to someone talk about Christmas, and this is very important. This is something that you men have to listen to, okay? Because if you don't, you could be in trouble. Apparently, when men go shopping for Christmas presents, their blood pressure goes up. So I'm just giving you men a health warning. And what I want to say to you is maybe, maybe you just need to speak to your wife and say, darling, I'm not going to be, buy you anything this year till just so I can look after my health. Does that sound good, guys? It's not going to wash, is it? Let's be honest. But um, apparently this is, the Advent is a season of waiting and of course, um, we, uh, we talked last week about how we're waiting. We're waiting for the coming of Jesus. Went to school and told the kids, it's all about Jesus. And so today we're going to think about what a big deal Christmas is, okay? Not about presents, but about the fact that we celebrate something so amazing that it is totally mind-blowing, Okay? And the trouble is, in the life of the church, we kind of get used to stuff, don't we? We get used to saying certain words and thinking certain sort, thinking certain things, and we just kind of lose the impact of what it's all about. But Christmas, as far as the Christian church is, is a big deal because it is something so truly amazing that actually we shouldn't be able to get our heads around it, and we shouldn't take it for granted. So this morning, what I want to talk about, I want to talk about the name of Jesus, which is the name Emmanuel, okay? And we find it in the Old Testament in Isaiah 7, and we find it in the New Testament in Matthew chapter 1. And when the angel had visited uh, Joseph and said, you know, when this baby is born, he's not going to be your boy, but he's going to be born to Mary. His name is going to be called Jesus. And then what Matthew does, he just expands. He goes back into the Old Testament. See, Matthew wrote his gospel for the Jews. And what he wanted to do was take them back to the Old Testament where uh, it's written about the fact that the baby would be called Emmanuel. And so Matthew chapter 1, verse 22 and 23 says this. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the prophet uh, Isaiah. The virgin will be with child And will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So the Hebrew word uh, Emmanuel, part of it is Emmanu, which means with us. And the end of the word El is shortened for Elohim, which means God. So the name Emmanuel means God with us. And this morning, we're going to unpack that. I've got three points. Stuart was asking, 
three points this morning. Uh, yes, of course, because uh, that's who I am. And so we're going to look at three things which are really, really important because we need to get our head around how big a deal this really is. That Jesus, who is God, came to be with us. Okay? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, we celebrate Christmas. But we need to understand this is big, okay? So the first thing we're going to talk about is the fact that it's God's presence. And that's quite obvious, isn't it? Because he talks about God with us. I was uh, listening to someone talking about how the fact that these days, and particularly in America, they have these big nativity scenes, don't they? Um, you know, there's a Mary and there's a Joseph and the shepherd and a wise man, and they're big things. Have them outside of the church. Maybe we should get one, Stu. Yeah? yeah? You like that idea? We'll have a little fundraiser. We'll have a, you know, Joseph and Mary and a little baby. And what's been happening is those naughty young people, those naughty youths, they steal Jesus. They steal him. And what they've decided is we can't have this. We need to know where Jesus is. We can't have Jesus stolen. So there's a company who offer free trackers to put inside (laughs) Jesus. So when Jesus gets stolen, they can track him down and find out where he is. But that's terrible when he's stealing Jesus. But it's interesting, isn't it? They want to know exactly where Jesus is. And the, and the Bible tells us that exactly where Jesus is, is that Jesus was in heaven and he came to earth, lived a life, died, ascended and went back to heaven. So in a sense, we don't need to know where Jesus is because the Bible tells us we don't need to put a tracker on him. We know exactly where he is. And that's what the Christmas story tells us, is that Jesus, who is the word, and we need to think about the the Gospel of John, chapter 1. He is the word, okay? That's what John describes him. And John says, he became flesh and dwelt among us. Okay, But before that, what John says is the word, he is God, that he made everything, everything was made through him. It doesn't say everything was made by him, it says everything was made through him. So Jesus didn't assemble everything, just simply through his being, everything was made. And okay, we talked about this a few weeks ago, that our universe is 96 billion light years across. So he made that, okay... And then it says, he became flesh. Okay? So try and get your head around a God who's made all this. It was all made through him, yet he became flesh. Okay? And we always think about Jesus being a baby, but Jesus became a fetus in the womb of a woman. He covered himself with placenta and came out through a birth canal. This is God who's made everything, became flesh. Okay, so have we blown our minds yet? Because that's what it's all about. Emmanuel, God with us. John says, John 1 verse 14, he became flesh. And you have to say, well, okay, why did he do that? Why would God, who created all things, reduce himself down to something so tiny? 
That's my second point. Okay, because we have God with us, but it was actually God's mission. The Bible says that before time, God decided what he was going to do. And we read uh, in the New Testament on two occasions. Firstly, the name Jesus means saviour. And then when the angels turned up and spoke to those shepherds, they said that actually a saviour was going to be born. A saviour had come to save the world. And that's what God's mission was. He wanted to save the world, so Jesus became flesh and lived among us. It's interesting, isn't it? Jesus didn't turn up with royal robes. Jesus wasn't born in a, in, a, in a palace. Jesus didn't have lots of servants running around after him. He didn't have a gold baby grow. He was wrapped in a cloth and he was placed in a manger because he was born uh, in a stable or a cave. And I love that fact. Because that means he relates to common people. And as I look around, okay, and you people watching on the internet, I have to say this, and this sounds so rude, but you're common people, aren't you? Because none of you are royalty. In our church, we don't have Lord or Lady this. We don't have Prince or Princess this. And so Jesus came to be one of the common people, to live among us. But ultimately, he came to save us, which I think is so exciting. And if you read the the book of Philippians, it talks about how Jesus became flesh. And uh, Paul writes like this. He says, who, and he's talking about Jesus, in the being in very nature God, okay? So he's painting the big picture. This is who he is. Did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing. Okay? So Jesus, who is God, made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. And that was the mission of Jesus, to turn up, to be born, to live amongst us, to share our common humanity, to share our experiences, to know what it is to be cold or hot, to know what it is to weep, to be bereaved, to suffer loss, to be hungry. He lived amongst us. But ultimately, he came to die and to save us. So he came not to be worshipped by people, but to live amongst us and to die for us. Which tells me something amazing. is that Jesus came to die for me. Which means, actually that I am truly valued and loved by God. Because it says that God sent his son to be the saviour of the world. That's 1 John 4.14. But it also says in John 3.16, which we, if you've grown up in church, you would have been taught from a very young age that God so loved the world that he gave his only son that who might ever believe in him will have eternal life. So 3.16 tells us 
that God so loved that he gave his son. And I'm sure there was a discussion in heaven. What are we going to do with these people? Look at them. They're such a mess. They are such a messed up bunch of people. What are we going to do with them? Well, we have to save them. How are we going to do that? Well, someone's going to have to die for them. Well, actually, we can't send a person because people are sinful. They have to die for their own sins. We'll have to send somebody who is sinless. And so Christ came into this world so that we could go to his world. That's the great exchange. Amen. That was God's mission. So, we know that God with us. We know that God had a mission. Last one. I told you it was only going to be 20 minutes. Yeah, wow, says Stuart. This is unusual. This is a miracle happening in Buckskin. <laughs> Lastly, of course, it's God's invitation. So if we know that God is with us, that God came on a mission, now we have God's invitation. And when we look at the life of Jesus, there are three things that he said which are really important to you and to me because we have to say, okay, God's mission was to save his people, but how does that happen? The first thing Jesus said to people was, come to me. Okay, we find that a number of occasions. Come to me, all who are weak and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. So Jesus said to everyone around, you need, if you want to, you can come to me. He, give, he gave everyone, the crowds of thousands of people, he would say, come to me. Come to me. And that's the invitation of Christmas, isn't it? We're saying to people in our community, come to Jesus this Christmas. Come and understand what Christmas is all about. Emmanuel, God with, it, with us. And so this Christmas, we all have an invitation. And we all have an invitation to give to other people. And I hope that on the 11th and the 18th, we will see hundreds of people come. Because yeah. they've been invited by you. Mm. Someone was talking to me this morning and said, on the 11th, what kind of thing are you going to be doing out on the playground? I said, what do you mean? I said, well, is it going to be modern stuff? He said, no, it's not. It's going to be a good old traditional Christmas carol service. Yeah, some of you love that. Some of us are going, oh, great. But actually, it's going to be an evening where we do. We traditionally, in a way, with the Salvation Army, we sing carols. But most of all, the focus is going to be on Jesus. So let's bring people. Let's share that with people. Let's invite people to say, come. Come and celebrate Christmas in a way that some people want to. Maybe others don't. But let's come. And that gives us the opportunity to talk about who Jesus is. So the invitation. Jesus was, was going around saying, so, well, come to me. Why don't you come to me? And surely that's what the world needs to hear, isn't it? Because what the world realizes in the last couple of years is actually there's a lot of fear around because we still COVID and, and life is still full of uncertainties. What people are also starting to realize is that my money is not going to make me happy because it goes less and less. And, and actually, I'm starting to worry about my future. What is really going to happen in my life and to my family and to the future? There is uncertainty. And what Jesus said, if you come to me, I can give you life in all its fullness. And surely that's what we have to offer to the world. So Jesus said, come to me. The next thing he said is, believe in me. Okay? 
If we did a hands up this morning, who believes in Jesus? I'm sure we'd have a good old, you know, yeah, we all believe in Jesus. But you see, it's not just about sticking it up here. And we're doing Alpha at the moment. And what great, this great thing about Alpha is, is, is it is information, okay? We are giving people information about what it means to be a Christian, what it means to pray, to read the Bible, to go to church and all that. But the other thing that is happening is people's lives are being changed because it's more than up here. It's coming from here down into their hearts and they're understanding that actually God loves them and God can change their life. Because we won't change people's lives with just information. There needs to be something happening in here. And that's what Jesus meant when he said about believing. He said, actually... You need to put it in here, but it needs to reach down to here. What's going to happen is after Christmas, is a number of you are going to jump on the scales and go, oh, there's somebody else standing on them with me. And you're going to look at that information, and you are going to know, right, New Year, I'm going to the gym, and I am going to lose weight. You have information. But the information is not enough, is it? Because you can pick up your recipe and think, do you know, today we're going to have another salad. <laughs> or, and then you think, oh, there's my gym membership. And it says I can go there from 6 o'clock in the morning to 10 o'clock at night. You've got all the information, but you need to do something, don't you, to change your life. And that's exactly what Jesus meant when he said, believe in me. This is who I am. I am the son of God. I am the bread of life. I am the true vine. I'm all these things. Believe in me. But what it wasn't was just the set of information. He wanted people to do more than just put it up here. He wanted it to reach their hearts. So he said, believe in me. He said, come to me, believe in me. Lastly, he said, follow me. And that doesn't mean just, he didn't mean just following around, watching what he was doing. It was a commitment to a lifestyle that was so different. It was a commitment to do what he was doing. But it was an engagement with the whole life. It was a commitment that was so deep when Jesus said that. And everybody knew that. And there were people who came to him and said, oh, that's enough for me. There were people who believed in him. But that's enough for me. I, I, I don't want to take it any further. But what Jesus wanted was people to follow him. And my challenge to you today is we have this truly amazing fact that Jesus is Emmanuel. He is the most important person who's ever lived. Much more important than Harry Kane. Or anybody else you might follow. He's the most important person. And therefore, we need to listen to his words. And we need to make a decision. Firstly, am I going to come to him? Am I going to believe in him? But also, am I going to follow him? Am I going to commit my life to him? Because that's what he wants. That's why he gave up the glory of heaven. That's why he stepped down into our world and lived amongst us. And became tired. In heaven, he was never tired. He was never dirty. He was never smelly. He didn't have to do manual labor, yet he came down here. He gave everything up for you and me. What he wants from us is for us to come to him, to follow and to believe in him and to follow him. And that's my prayer for us this Christmas, that the church will pick up that challenge. They will understand how amazing the incarnation is and they will follow the one who is God with us.
Amen. So what are you going to do this Christmas? Because it's interesting, isn't it? When you look at the Christmas story, there were so many choices that had to be made. There was the choice Mary had. This is what's going to happen to you. And she says, well, let it be. As you say, let it be. There was the choice Joseph had. You know, you're going to divorce your Mary or you're going to marry her and, and live with a stigma of having a child out of wedlock. I will marry this girl. There was the choice shepherds had to make. The angels turned up. This amazing crowd of angels turns up, sings them some songs, and they think to myself, yeah, I can't be bothered. Quite nice by the fire, isn't it? Or shall we go and see a baby? Can you imagine, guys? Somebody said, baby's been born. You're going to go? Yeah, I'll stay at home and watch the telly. Not really interested in babies. But no, they went. They were given a choice. The wise men were looking at their charts, thinking, shall we travel a thousand miles on the, on the, sitting on a camel? Can you imagine what that was like? Sitting on a camel, traveling a thousand miles. But they said, yeah, let's go. And this Christmas, we all have a choice, don't we? Will we come, believe, and follow I pray that you will. Maybe this is the first time you've heard this stuff. Maybe you're going, oh, I've never really thought about it like that. We have a book that we're going to give away like crazy the next couple of weeks. It's called Why Christmas. And this morning, you don't know much about what it means to be a Christmas Christian, not Christmas. If we don't know what it means to be a Christian, then here's a book. We'll tell you all about the amazing fact of Jesus Emmanuel and how you not just come to him and believe in him, but you can follow him. We have these for free, okay? You don't get a lot for Christmas at free, for free, do you? But it's for you if you'd like it. And if you'd like to talk about what it means to be a Christian, we'd love to talk to you today. So bless you. We're going to pray. Stuart's coming up. Team are going to come up. And we're going to finish with a couple of wonderful songs. So let's pray, shall we? Take a moment to think about Jesus became a fetus covered in placenta born for each one of us because of God's amazing love and God's desire that we might share heaven with Father, Son and Holy Spirit Father we thank you for this amazing fact that Jesus saviour of the world is truly Emmanuel God with us We thank you that he came. We thank you that he loved, that he taught and he shared. We thank you that he died for each one of us. Help us to come to him. To believe in him, put our faith in him. And may each one of us follow him. And we pray this now in his name. Amen.